Demons Discuss, take 81, the one with the new BFF. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello again, ladies. Hello. Hello. I've missed you. I've missed you too. too. Mm. It's been so quiet. I feel like Sleeping Beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Just woke up. With no thorn, not waking up into any thorns, though, luckily. Yes. Yeah. True. Mm. What are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about chapter. 13. 12. 12. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> was 13 and lucky 13. <laughs> Should tell you where my head is at. Lucky 13. Right. Chapter 12. Uh, it's Diana's birthday and uh, she gets an unexpected present or two. I mean, is it unexpected? Well, one of them's kind of expected, but you know. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> Uh, this is a very short chapter and we got a lot of discusser emails this time so that's good we'll put that in the back burner but first I'm going to talk about our Patreon patrons I think if I can unlock my phone hang on All right, so this podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. Without them, you'd be listening to an ad right now, probably. We'd probably be selling you a drag and drop website designer, a weekly food kit, razors or mattresses. Underwear. 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 Yeah. Which is all fine, but think about this. We don't like this idea. And you know why? Because you, the listener, wind up being the product that we sell to advertisers. You know, like, hey, advertisers, we have these listeners, and with some cash, we'll sell their ears to you. That's terrible. It's bad. I don't like that. Think about it. Our way, we're just selling ourselves to you. It's like, hey, listeners, throw us a little cash so we can afford to keep bringing Demon's Domain and Demon's Disgust to you. I mean, that's better, right? I think so. Anyway. (laughs) There's no natural segue to talk about underwear. No. Not at all. Or toothbrushes. (laughs) Angela, tell the people what they get out of it. Well, starting at our $2 level, you get an after show, which is produced on our off weeks of our public show. And also say up front, you get entered into a quarterly drawing. So a random winner wins a prize package of Valerie's choosing. It's always very generous. So at $2, that's what you get there. But then as you go up the levels, you get corresponding swag, t-shirts, buttons, bags, etc. And the support means oh so much and goes oh so far to support us. Yay. Uh-huh. And I want to thank our... Uh patrons for being very patient with me over our six-week break. I did get to throw some content out there, but not as much as I would have liked, because I kind of shot myself in the foot, and I brought two puppies in my house, and uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what maybe, I was thinking. Maybe throw out some puppy pictures for, exclusively for the patrons. Maybe there that'll... we go. I'll put up some puppy pictures. That's what we'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Your mea culpa will be snooping Buster. <laughs> Snoopy and Buster. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. 
So let's go on to discuss our emails. Who wants to start? I'll start. I have one from Margie Lynch from North Carolina. Hi, Margie. Thank you. Hi, Margie. Thank you. The topic is the arrival of Chris, of course. Mm. I am a Chris fangirl, so you have to consider that in context with my comments. First, I find it hard to believe that Chris could sneak up on Diana like that without having a big confrontation with Matthew and Fernando first. Seems that Matthew is falling down in the job. I also find it weird that Chris feels okay with just showing up, like he might have called the sheriff in Madison to do a welfare check first before driving all the way from New Haven. Mm. Setting aside the unlikelihood of Chris just randomly appearing, etc. I like that Diana has someone outside the circle of creatures that she can talk to. I would note that humans get kind of a bad rap in the world of all souls, and Chris's response to the existence of creatures is the kind of response that I think many humans would have, or at least this human. Mm. There is something outside of Matthew and his circle that Diana can trust. I also like that Chris's connection to Yale gives the reader entry into the students in the lab who are a total riot. One of my favorite parts of the book of life. Anyway, thanks for reading this and hope to hear from you all again soon. Happy Mother's Day to Angela and Valerie. Let's celebrate getting back out into the real world again soon. Margie. Thank you, Margie. Hmm. And as a note, we decided we got so many discusser emails this time. We decided to read all of them. And everybody being read this segment are our new discussers. And for our veterans, we've moved their discusser emails over to the housekeeping section. So you get to hear from all of our discussers who wrote in this time. Nice. Yay. Yay. There is a lot to unpack, and I'm sure we'll get to it when we do the chapter. But there's so many points I could comment on in Margie's uh, email, but I'll I'll save it for save it for the show. <laughs> save it for the show. That's right. Save, save it for, it for the, the show. Ride. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're, we're definitely covering this. Yes. Jean, yes. what do you have? I have an email from a new discusser, Flory. Flory. Hi, Demons. This is my very first ever discusser email, and I'm so excited to participate. I am new to the Demons Domain Discuss world, and I'm so happy I found you guys. I was just midway through rereading Shadow of Night when I found this in my inbox. I immediately put Sun down and picked up Chapter 12 of T-Ball. During my recent rereads, I noticed how quickly events happen in all of the books. I don't know how Deb managed to get so much information into these books. Sometimes we wonder, too. Yeah, we wonder often. (laughs) The first two pages of this chapter, so much happened. Diana's birthday present, wink, wink. The weather Mm. vanes popping up and pointing north. Bridget's warning of a battle to come. And then Chris Roberts' arrival. I'm quite impressed Matthew didn't rip his head off when Chris embraced Diana from behind. It seemed Chris knew Sarah and Em very well. Does this mean Diana brought him home? I always thought of Diana as a loner that had acquaintances rather than best buds that came over for the weekend. Mm. When Diana tells Chris about vampires, I love the throwback to Buffy and his disbelief that a vampire can get someone pregnant. Apparently, he didn't listen to the Angel episodes. (laughs) Chris picks up that she's not a vampire, but she is something else. How incredibly supportive he is once she tells him. He doesn't even flinch when she mentions they were in 1590. Not an ounce of shock or disbelief. What a true friend. The last lines about the chapter are all about trust. They have to trust each other to weather the impending storm. And again, the weather vane comes into play. I think the entire series revolves around this theme of trust. Diana has to trust her power. Matthew has to trust that Diana can take care of herself and not interfere. And the creatures have to trust each other in order to survive and thrive. Thank you, Demons, for putting together such an amazing podcast with intriguing topics and very well-researched arguments. Keep up the good work. Lots of love and demon kisses, Flory. Thank you, Flory. Love it. Oh, Do we research our arguments or do we just... 
I was going to say, you guys, you guys do? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, they just shit. fly out of our mouths. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that's what we were calling the last 10 years of whatever it is we've been doing. <laughs> that's research. true. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's been so researched that it just flies out of our mouths now. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, yeah. Okay. Flies out is a polite way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Mine is from Marcelin. Hello, Marcelin. Hi. She says, hello, lovely lady demon friends. I can't say how excited I was to get my first Disguster email and prompt. I found y'all's podcast through the All Souls group and Facebook in February, and I've been binging all the awesomeness of this podcast and have actually caught up to the season two episodes. That was a lot of listening, Marcelin. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. we're glad you made it to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Oh, goodness. I don't know if I want to hear myself talk that much. Fast. Yeah. I found this show when AMC advertised the episodes and missed them, but was able to find them through DirecTV on demand and couldn't get enough. I was hooked. As a person who loves to read for some strange reason... It was probably being a full-time student for the last 18 months, eight more weeks to complete my MBA. Congratulations, Marcelin. Very good. It did take me until the second season aired to get my hands on a copy since they were ebooks on loan from the library. I binged through all 1,600 plus pages in just over a week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yikes. You, wow. That's, de- that's devotion. <laughs> I know. So your reread episodes have helped tremendously to really understand all the yummy goodness in this series. But I digress. As I reread chapter 12, I love the conversations between Diana and Chris as she discloses all of her family secrets. My mental voices for these characters just made me laugh out loud. Diana expecting Chris to freak out and his nonchalantness truly has me rolling on the floor. I definitely hope some version of the scene makes season three. Then followed by all the science talk and Chris offering up his Yale lab is truly a mental sight to see. His own Almost immediate, absolute acceptance of others is really a great example for the rest of us earthlings, and we can all learn from this attitude. This world can teach us all so much. So great to be able to send this email, and thanks, Jean, for commenting on my Facebook post. It truly helped me understand Diana's chords. And then she says in parentheses, I may have squealed inside, just... FYI. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw you too. I'm like, really? I was like, really? She was squeeing? Jean, okay, what'd you do? Did you dazzle her? What's going on there? Oh, I was just explaining the chords. I think I caught a glimpse of that in my in passing because I think because Jean, you commented on it. Oh, you so saw the er- comment probably. Yeah, I saw the comment and you you were like, yeah, they're actual chords in, in the book. And I was like, okay, that's just somebody asking a question. But, yeah, you know. and, the tra- and the training wheels analogy, I think. Right. Glad to hear you're all doing well and I can't wait to hear new episodes. Love to you all. Your vampire from Phoenix, Marcelin. Thank you, Marcelin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. And those were all new to so welcome, guys. Yeah, welcome. Yes. That was yes. good. Get comfortable. We got stuff to say. <laughs> you guys responded pretty well, considering I just sent out that email on Tuesday. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's start the wagon. Let's just do it. <laughs> Rip the mandate <laughs> off. <laughs> 
This chapter discussion is brought to us by Shani McNair. So thank you, Shani. Thank you. Thank you, Shani. So when we left off in Chapter 11, Diana was gifted an early birthday present from her mother, Rebecca, via the Bishop House. And if we remember, it was Rebecca's Book of Shadows scribed on a composition notebook containing spells on how to raise the dead and how to ask the dead if a rando boy liked a rando girl. Oh, it's handy stuff to know. (laughs) And it was also a good place to stash Diana's call. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We open up chapter 12 on Diana's actual birthday, August 13th, also known as the Goddess's Feast Day. Mm -hmm. It is a very hot day. Matthew brought the New York Times to buy some time for Sarah and Fernando, basically keeping them busy, while Diana opens her present. And again here, I'm going to flout copyright and play Dick in the Box because it's so appropriate. (laughs) She's not real kind to that Dick in a Box. There's some manhandling going on that is like, yeah, I don't know if that's like the sexiest way to approach this. Kwanzaa. Yeah. And it's her birthday. I mean, it's like the twist. I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That's going to get quite the reaction you're hoping for there, Diana. Anyway, copyright gods, I'm claiming fair use. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) What did you guys think of this chapter? I mean, it was a rather short one. Initial impressions, first read... I mean, for me, as opposed to all those other chapters, most of the chapters in this particular book, especially, seem to operate over a series of days. And there's like a ton of action that's pushing the narrative forward. Yeah. And in this one, it's very much just a scene. Yeah. It's like plop. It's the Chris chapter. Because that's pretty much all that happens in this chapter is Chris. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily move the plot forward as much as you get more aspects of Chris's personality. Right. It's just structurally, it's weird to me or out of the ordinary, not weird. It just doesn't seem to necessarily fit with the overall structure that we've seen so far. And it's much shorter than any other chapter we've tackled so far. For sure. Yeah, it is shorter. It's kind of like, let's just slip this in, in this, maybe it wasn't even a chapter before, but we had to put Chris, we had to introduce Chris somewhere. Yeah, and, it's kind of like an insert. Yeah, almost. exactly. It could have been, it very well could have been a chapter on the floor and later turned up in a Barnes and Noble edition. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So for me, it was like, what the fuck? Oh, you know, because first I was like, oh, Chris, we're meeting Chris. But then I'm like, why is he coming to Sarah and M's house? She never mentioned that yeah, they like, were that kind of close. I mean, she was waxing poetic on her early days and her early years and her life early in a discovery of witches, right? Yeah, but then and the other thing is when she talks about never bringing friends home and meeting them at the mall and this and that. Right. It didn't gel so well. And it sort of like bumped her birthday off of everybody's radar, too. It's like, oh, right. Chris is yeah. here. Oh, well, what happened to Diana's birthday? Why don't we get to celebrate Diana's birthday? <laughs> right. It was right. very 16 Candles. Doesn't anybody remember? <laughs> it's my birthday yeah. and no one remembers. <laughs> Nobody remembered. Oh, well. She got like the janky grimoire with with the dead skin in it. Right. <laughs> and a composition notebook. Mm. Yeah. Wait, wait. So, so for Matthew's birthday, is she going to get his foreskin? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> It's like if we're, we're giving away all this tissue. 
What I always find frustrating is when the Bishop House gives some clues and they're like, oh, yeah, look at what's happening. Oh, my gosh. OK, now let's go see what else is happening. You know, it's like they always yeah, drop that. Like, so when the weather vanes popped, I'm like, oh, this is action. What are we going to get? And then I was like, yeah, oh. what is this going to mean? It's foreshadowing. Something's going on. Oh, yeah. it's Chris. OK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK. He doesn't even get the compendium that Stephen got. He got right. <laughs> he, he got a cock weather vane. There you go, people. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And I feel this is another example of, you know, filet mignon served to me on a garbage pan lid. So you have this perfect piece of meat, nice garnish, put on a garbage pail lid. The way it was served to me, I didn't appreciate, but I move on. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I move you digress. On. We will circle back. Yes, yes. Okay. For sips. For sure. Let's start. I woke up to Matthew's cool hands sliding under my pajama top, his lips soothing against my damp neck. Happy birthday, he murmured. And me thinking like, ew, why are you just globbing me up? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like a built-in air conditioner, so That's there is right. that. She does say my own private air conditioner. Maybe it's the menopause thing where it's like, don't touch me. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and there, and this is still, in my opinion, a honeymoon phase. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. true. My own private air conditioner, I said, snuggling up against him. A vampire husband brought welcome relief in tropical conditions. What a thoughtful present. And he says, there are more, he said, giving me a slow, wicked kiss. Fernando and Sarah. I was almost past caring who might hear a lovemaking, but not quite. Outside in the garden with the paper. We'll have to be quick. The local papers were short on news and long on advertisements. They took 10 minutes to read, 15 if you were shopping. The back to school sales or wanted to know which of the three grocery chains had the best deal on bleach. Wait, she's in bed with him and she's thinking about the frickin' local paper versus the New York Times? For God's sake, woman, focus. Uh, see, that's why it kind of takes the honeymoon phase out yeah. for me. And I'm thinking like, ugh, stop licking on me. This whole, this whole chapter is just kind of Strange. Weird. <laughs> it, it just sounds obligatory as versus a, a gift. <laughs> yes. Okay. And Matthew says, hey, I went out for the New York Times this morning. And then Diana says, always prepared, aren't you? I reached down and touched him. Matthew swore in French. You're just like Varen, such a Boy Scout. And then he says, not always. He said, closing his eyes. Not now, certainly. Wait, why does she say you're just like Varen, such a Boy Scout? Varen, how, what, that, that Varen comparison Because her knives were always prepared. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like a Girl Scout. Like, she was prepared. She had knives strapped against her thigh. And... Oh, see, I was distracted by him. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying, he's starting to enjoy himself. And then she's oh. like reverting back to his preparedness. Yeah, it's like, okay, you're going to bring up his sister. Sir, when you're trying to <laughs> do the nasty, that's, that's odd weird. and awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a mood killer. Yeah. Right. And he says, yeah, uh, reference the Boy Scout. Not always. Not now, certainly. And then she says, awfully sure of yourself. The New York Times. What if I were tired? Cranky. Okay, th- yeah, th- this, c- come on. It's just like. <laughs> or hormonal. Well, at least she's not. Accusing him of being a two-minute performer. Uh, well, there you go. But just I the mean, fact of like all these, it's like cock-blocking herself. Well, what if I were right. tired? What were you going to do then? What if I were hormonal? Okay, now now it's really, it's really mood killer when you're talking about hormonal. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's just do it, okay? That's yeah. yeah. It's right. like a very unsexy sexy here, people. <laughs> yes. Unsexy sexy time. All right. <laughs> 
The Albany paper would have been more than enough to keep them busy then. And then Matthew says, I was relying on my presence to sweeten you up. And then she says, well, I don't know. And then here's the thing. We were like, um, Matthew's penis is not a doorknob, Diana. What the hell's <laughs> <No>. <laughs> A sinuous twist of my hand elicited another French curse. So I'm yeah, imagining... Cur- the curse wasn't the sexy curse. It was like, what are you doing? What door are you trying to open? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll start hitting the doorbell, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't I finish unwrapping this one? Then you can show me what else you've got. I'm like, isn't this one good enough? Jeez, all right. Jeez. All right. Ooh. Dot, dot, dot means another time and place, if you guys know us at all. So here we go. Yeah. By 11 o'clock on my birthday morning, the mercury had already climbed above 90 degrees. The August heat wave showed no signs of breaking. Worried about Sarah's garden, I spliced together four hoses using a new binding spell and some duct tape so that I can reach all of the flower beds. My headphones were jamming in my ears. I was listening to Fleetwood Mac. The house had fallen eerily silent as if it were waiting for something to happen. And I found myself missing the beat of my parents' favorite band. While dragging the hose across the lawn, my attention was momentarily caught by the large iron weather vanes sprouting from the top of the hop barn. It hadn't been there yesterday, and I wondered why the house was tinkering with the outbuildings. While I considered the questions, two more weather vanes popped out of the ridgepole. They quivered for a moment like newly emerged plants and then whirled madly. When the motion stopped, they all pointed north. Hopefully, their position was an indication that rain was on its way. Until then, the hose was going to have to suffice. Uh. Is north of Albany what's the closest airport? I don't know. I'd have to look at a map for that yeah. one. Mm. I think New Haven South. Yeah, it's like south southeast. Yeah. 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 I was giving the plants a good soaking when someone engulfed me in an embrace. Okay, see, that's when I'd have to take out Stabby Kitty or my fucking mace. I... <laughs> I don't know how I would sit for that. So, okay. <laughs> Especially since she knew immediately it wasn't Matthew because... Warm. Yeah, I was going to say ice cold boyfriend. Right. <laughs> Thank God I've been so worried about you. The deep voice was muted by the sound of guitars and drums, but I recognized it nonetheless. I ripped the headphones from my ears and turned to face my best friend. His deep eyes were full of concern. I would have broken his foot. And here's the part where I'm like, best friend, does she have a best friend? This is first read, right? She says, Chris, I flung my arm around his broad shoulders. What are you doing here? And then she searched his features for changes, but found none. And then we get a description of what he looks like. Still the same close crop, curly hair, still the same walnut skin, still the same high cheekbones angled under straight brows, still the same wide mouth. And Chris was like, I'm looking for you. What the hell is going on? You totally disappeared last November. You don't answer your phone or your email. Then I see the fall teaching schedule and you're not on it. I had to get the chair of the history department drunk before he spilled that you were on medical leave. See, isn't that a HIPAA violation? Yeah. (laughs) That's certainly a privacy violation. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I thought you were dying, not pregnant. Well, that was one last thing I had to tell him. Hmm. I'm sorry, Chris. There was no cell phone reception where I was at. Or the internet. (laughs) I'm still stuck on his bear hug of her. I I mean, I can't imagine going up to any BFF that I have that I haven't seen in six months and like accosting them from behind. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if they might be sick. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe COVID's changed us. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're scarred for life. I'm sorry, Chris. There's no cell phone reception. Okay, I already did that. You could have called from here, he said, not yet ready to let me off the hook. I've left messages for your aunts. Send letters. No one responded. I could feel Matthew's gaze cold and demanding. Matthew's like, what the fuck is going on over there? And he's got every right to be like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, hello, husband. Yeah. Okay, let me just ask you. Mm. I do think that Chris has a right to, if he was her BFF, now separate the Chris from a Discovery Witches in this Chris. Let's just accept mm-hmm. that he's her BFF. He has yeah. a right to be reacting like he is now, too. Right. Yeah. Especially if his BFF is not telling him shit. Right. That begs the question, how BFF are they? Right. Mm. <laughs> exactly. There's the gray area. <laughs> well, well, okay. Even taking out the retcon. Okay. If he's Diana's best friend, mm. he also knows how reticent she is about sharing things. True. Because she's not an oversharer by any stretch of the imagination or any configuration of these books. No. Mm-mm. I mean, she's somebody you have to pry shit out of. Yes. And if he if he truly is her best friend, he'd know that and wouldn't be surprised by her just popping up and saying, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. Hey, guess what? I'm married. Right. She's a very private person. So, I mean. That's true, but that doesn't take away his own selfish concern. Like, I'm that friend. I'm Diana. I'm that friend. I'm very private. And I I can't believe Mm -hmm. you didn't tell me that. It's like, I don't know. I don't really have an excuse, but that's the way I am. But that doesn't mean that the other person shouldn't be concerned for me. No, I'm not you know saying, saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying he also can't get mad. But then he gets mad at her for it. It's like you you can be concerned, but then it's like, well, yeah, it's my job in this relationship to be concerned, and it's your job to be withholding. And that that's just how we play this. And just you don't get mad about it, right. Angela. Now that you said that. Point taken, okay, because I seem to remember four or five years ago, maybe there was a health concern in your household and you didn't tell us until after the whole ER thing. And neither one of us was like, well, why didn't you tell us? We were, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? We weren't surprised, yeah. but we were close like that, but we weren't surprised of that from you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you when it's all in its compartment neatly packed away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you've dealt with it. <laughs> right. Well, right. Yeah. Exactly. When, when, when right. it's time, well, you, even just recently with the young man and his travails. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's why we haven't heard from you. Right. Okay. <laughs> I get it. But we knew you well enough to know that, hey, when it's time and she's yeah. dealt with whatever she's dealt with, she will tell us. She will yeah. disclose it. That puts a new light on things. Diana being the way she is. And you know? it do- and because I yeah. do delay and do it on my time, it does make it awkward when I have to, when I just finally disclose the news or the update or whatever it is, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. I guess all aspects of your life that works out. <laughs> yes, exactly. It does make it awkward. Yeah. But okay. we like your awkward. Yeah, yeah. That kind of opens my eyes a little bit so I can go into this a little bit better, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, we can pick it apart more later. Later. I do still have, even if I accept him as being her BFF and, cons- and rightly concerned, I still have have a Questions. disconnect from a discovery of witches, even mm. assuming he was the BFF in a discovery of witches. There's a execution issues I have regardless. Yes, right. exactly. Right. Uh, so who is this Diana? Matthew asked quietly coming to my side. And then Chris answers for Diana. Chris Roberts, who the hell are you? Like, oh, okay. See, so we can tell cool. this is getting salty. 
<laughs> I can say on my first read, I was like, this jerk. Who's he to talk to Matthew like that? Because of course I was, I was like, like, I was in the Matthew honeymoon phase. Right. Well, and I'm kind of like, wow, dude, you're whipping your dick out real quick here before finding yeah. out just what's going on. And who the fuck are you? It's like, are you ex-boyfriend? See, if I were Matthew, I'd be like, ex-boyfriend, ex-lover. Why is he so concerned? Why is he hugging up on my wife? What don't I know? Yeah. Yeah. Although he's Matthew should never fr- talk. In Matthew speak, he's overly familiar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. But then on, on this read, I did kind of try to put him on a parallel track with Hamish. You know, Hamish wasn't like, who the hell are you? He already mm-hmm. accepted Diana, but he was still hesitant. Hesitant. Yeah. And skeptical. Yeah. I just, no matter how, I can't get over it. It's the, it's not so much, the you know, male, female being best friends. I have no problem with that. I grew up like that. But the fact that he just like bulldozes her and starts speaking for her pisses me off. He doesn't even give her a chance to answer the question. And that's disrespectful. I think so. And, and the fact that he's coming onto her land, into her house, into her safe space and being like, I demand answers. Right. It's very mm-hmm. patriarchal. He is the best friend. I have to assume if I put him in that box, I have to assume he's been here before. So he's more at home. True. Here. True. That's a good point. Okay. Well, that's why it's hard. That's why I can go back and forth. <laughs> right. He's right. more at home, but it's not his home. There's still, he's, there's still that line he's crossing, even though, yeah, I'm comfortable and I've known your aunts for years and everything else. There's still a point in time where it's like, mm. you don't cut her off. There's some empathy here on, I hate to say this, from me on the whole Chris front. Imagine best friend shown up, assuming you've been to the aunt's house and you know them intimately where you've been there a couple times and that you would spend the weekend. Yes. And Mm -hmm. here's this strange guy and here's Diana who's already pregnant, hasn't said a word. So maybe he thinks, Hey, maybe there was a kidnapping. Maybe there was a rape. Maybe there was something. And yeah, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of questions there, but still, I don't know. I'm not of the temperament where I'd automatically demand. I'd sit and wait and say, okay, what's going on here? Somebody please enlighten me. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So Diana introduces him. She's like, this is Matthew Claremont, fellow of All Souls College, Oxford University. I hesitated. My husband... And then Chris's mouth dropped open. It's like, why did she lead with his credentials rather than just like, this is my husband, man. This is my husband. And then follow up with the credentials. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it feels awkward. The whole thing feels awkward. Okay. I feel yeah. like there could have been an insertion, like a, a bridge. It'd been like, Chris, I really wanted to tell you. I know you're my best friend, but that I'm not explaining to you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's Sarah, which is like, whoa, what What did I miss? Chris, Sarah waved from the back porch. Come here and give me a hug. And I'm like, oh my God, Sarah is like not that pod effusive. People. No. <laughs> it's the pod people have taken over her body. I know. <laughs> Sarah has never been that effusive, right? She's no. not Effusive with her own niece. I know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This whole thing is problematic. Okay. Okay. Excuse God, us, did, audience. We're working I, through this. We're working through this, and I'm really starting to think that some editor got their hands on this segment and, like, really fussed with it a lot. It's almost like, it? ooh, we're over on words. <laughs> Let's, like, cha- this chapter was longer at some point in time, or, or there were other things going on, and everything got hacked out, and then, like, the whole tone of it ended up Or there was weird. another chapter. Mangled. <laughs> yeah. Right. Prior to this one. Okay, so... So, yeah, come here and give me a hug. And then Chris is like, hi, Sarah. Like, oh. Maybe she's channeling M there. I don't know. <laughs> That's such 
Oh, that's an M reaction. That's not uh, a Sarah reaction. Chris's hand rose in greeting. He turned and gave me an accusatory look. You got married. Uh, okay, Chris, I'll give you that. Yep. And then Sarah's like, you're here for the weekend, right? I'm like, well, okay. Oh, Jesus. I guess this happens. <laughs> and Chris is like, hmm, that depends, Sarah. And Chris's shrewd glance moved from me to Matthew and back. And then Matthew's like, on. <laughs> Matthew's brows rose in an aristocratic disdain. On how long it takes me to figure out why Diana married someone like you, Claremont, and whether you deserve her. And don't waste your Lord of the Manor act on me. I come from a long line of field hands. And I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that is a lot. (laughs) It's very defensive. He hasn't even said anything yet. I I know. I know. I mean, I mean, it's very aggressive. It's Whoa. like, and I, I have a real question here. It, it almost feels kind of tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. Would I, I just? I can't picture a black man saying saying that quite that way initially. No, seriously. It's like, oh, by the way, you know, I've come from a long line of field Negroes, so shut up, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, it just, and it's like, like awkward. And, and was, was it awkwardly put in there just to provide another detail about Chris? I felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, in like, case you didn't know, he was black, descendant of slaves. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, in along. case you didn't know, oh, by the way, he he's, yeah, it's like, he's black, therefore he has to be descendant you know, of slaves. Descendant yes. of a slave. Mm, okay. Okay. And the Lord of the Manor Act, and that's automatically putting Matthew oh my God, yeah. as the like, plantation it's, it owner. This, yeah, it's cringy. <laughs> to, maybe it's just also the difference between reading it five years ago and reading it now. now. True, but true. reading it now, it's really cringy. Okay, it's very NWL kind of mm-hmm. phrasing. You know, part of me wants to say to have Matthew stand there and be like, "Be cool, man. Black Lives Matter. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be cool. Be cool. All right. Well, and I don't know why is it so important to underscore like, okay, he's black. You know, Diana's description of him. If you didn't get it from then, so what? I was going to say know? the description. When it comes to the ethnicity of various characters, it's all vague in this universe. Chris is probably the most clearly described as being black. Mm-hmm. Of and there's any more. Of co- I mean, not not spoiler, but there's more coming up too that talks about his experiences. Yeah. And you know what? That could have been sprinkled along the way. Yeah, throughout. Yeah, the book. I mean, she was. This re- was just kind of like a, a brick wall in your face while you're at a full sprint. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And also keep in mind, this is, and it's not a matter of Deb's writing evolving over time. We've got mm-hmm. Fernando introduced in the same book and she's nowhere near as blatantly describing him as being a Moor. Right. She's not that clear about it. But Chris here is like, man, baseball bat to the head. He's a right. black guy. Yeah. Okay. We got it, Chris. We yeah. got it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's strange. <sighs> All right. Where's M? This is from Chris. Sarah froze, her face white. Fernando leapt up the porch steps to join her. Why don't we go inside? He murmured, trying to steer her away from Chris. And then Matthew says, can I have a word? Putting his hand on Chris's arm. 
This is Sarah. It's all right, Matthew. I had to tell Diana. I can tell Chris. Sarah's throat worked. Emily had a heart attack. She died in May. And then Chris says, God, Sarah, I'm so sorry. Chris and Bella turn a less bone crushing version of the hug he had given me. So this just tells me, yes, he was good friends. He knew the family well, very intimately. There we go. If mm-hmm. we're to believe this version here. Sarah moved with him. Her body relaxed and open rather than tight and full of grief. My aunt had not yet gotten over Emily's death. Like Fernando, she might never get over that fundamental loss. But there were small signs that she was beginning to show or beginning the slow progress of learning to live again. Chris's dark eyes opened and sought me out over Sarah's shoulder. They held anger and hurt as well as sorrow and unanswered questions. Why didn't you tell me? Where have you been? Why didn't you let me help? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question, Diana. Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) You know, why didn't you let me help? Because you can't. You can't fix everything, Chris. You're not magic. You'll be most comfortable in the keeping room, Sarah drew away from Chris and wiped her eyes. The nod she gave me encouraged me to tell him our family secret. Based on the tightness of his jaw, Matthew was not feeling as generous. And then Matthew says, call me if you need me. Matthew raised his hand to his, raised my hand to his lips. There was a warning squeeze, a tiny nip on the knuckle of my ring finger, as if to remind me and him that we were husband and wife. Matthew reluctantly released me. And then Chris and I passed through the house to the keeping room. Once we were inside, I slid the door shut. And then Chris here says, you're married to Matthew Claremont since when? Valid question, don't you think? Yeah, like this all sounds like normal BFF talk. The other stuff prior is like just so aggressive. Right. Yeah. And then Diana says, about 10 months. It all happened very quickly, I said apologetically. Chris is like, I'll say I warned you about his reputation with women. Claremont may be a great scientist. He did not. I no, he did not. You're right. He did not at all because in that whole thing in, in Discovery of Witches, he was like, no, he wasn't acting like he was a misogynist. He was acting like he had a secret. So that is the exact opposite of what happened in that conversation in Discovery of Witches. Right. Yeah. And in a Discovery of Witches, he had said the woman was persistent and kept asking questions and he went from normal to furious in a couple in a second. Yeah. And then later on, he said he doesn't like women. But even in Discovery of Witches, he has no basis for saying that. Yeah. He just, he just said, I'm not sure if he had a problem with women or if he was just keeping a secret or, yeah. you know, yeah. or if she annoyed him. Not necessarily because she was a woman. Right. But, but she was annoying. Well, I, yeah. I, re- I reread it this morning in a Discovery of Witches and I definitely yeah. thought this is the the classic. There's three sides to the truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. His side, her side, and the truth. And whoever uttered this chapter didn't go back and read Discovery Witches to double check. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this chapter would have been longer if they reread it or said, hey, could we put out another issue of Discovery Witches? <laughs> the, tone would have been, the tone of this chapter would have been different. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it. Claremont may be a great scientist, but he's also a notorious asshole. Besides, he's too old for you. And then Diana says he's only 37, Chris. And, you know, to herself, she's like, give or take 1,500 years. Mm. And I should warn you, Matthew and Fernando are listening to every word we say. With vampires around and closed doors, no guarantee of privacy. Did your boyfriend, um, husband bug the house? Chris's tone was sharp. No, he's a vampire. They have exceptional hearing. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes honesty really was the best policy. A heavy pot crashed in the kitchen. You think that was mad? (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. (laughs) A vampire. Chris's look suggested I had lost my mind. Like on TV? 
Not exactly, I said, proceeding with caution, telling humans how the word really worked tended to unsettle them. I'd done it only once before and it had been a huge mistake. My freshman roommate, Melanie, had passed out. Yeah, well, that's the normal reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the Chris's reaction. A vampire, Chris repeated slowly as if he was thinking it all through. And then Diana says, you better sit down. (laughs) This is funny. I gestured towards the sofa. If he fell, I didn't want him to hit his head. (laughs) Ignoring my suggestion, Chris plopped himself in the wing chair. Instead, it was more comfortable to be sure, but had been known to forcibly eject visitors it didn't like. I eyed it warily. And then he says, are you a vampire too? Uh, I should have said. And then he demanded, are you a vampire too? No, I perched gingerly on the edge of my grandmother's rocking chair. He goes on. He's like, are you absolutely sure that Claremont is? That's his child you're carrying, right? Chris sat forward as though a great deal depending on, depended on the answer. Children. I held up two fingers in the air. Twins. Chris threw his hands in the air. Well, no vampire ever knocked up a girl on Buffy. Not even Spike. And God knows he never practiced safe sex. (laughs) Wait, wasn't Darla pregnant? You know, one of our discussers just mentioned that. It's like, uh, hello. (laughs) Bewitched had provided my mother's generation with their supernatural primer. For mine, it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whichever creatures had introduced Joss Whedon to our world had a lot to answer for. Here's an asterisk. Deb said that was probably Marcus. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what was Marcus doing hanging around with Jackass Joss? I don't know. Being well, cool. this was a number of years ago. She said it. Now we know about Joss. So yeah. maybe, maybe that would be rewritten as well. It's like Marcus. You need, now, now we know why Matthew's worried about Marcus's judgment. I know. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you not in the know, I'll put a link in the show notes, people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely positive that Matthew's the father. Chris's attention drifted to my neck. She's like, that's not where he bites me. (laughs) His eyes widened. Where? He shook his head. No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It was, I thought, a strange place to draw the line. Chris wasn't normally squeamish or prudish. Still, he hadn't passed out. That was encouraging. You're taking this very well, I said, grateful for his equanimity equanimity. There you go. I'm a scientist. I'm trained to suspend disbelief and remain open-minded until something is disproved. Chris was now staring at the blasted tree. Non-scientists can be open-minded too, Chris. Yes. So he wants to know, why is there a tree in the fireplace? See, and this is another reason why I have a hard time believing that Chris had been here very often because wouldn't the house give him some signs like, this is creepy, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if he's been been up there for weekends and everything over the years, Diana said the house always reacted to people coming over. Yeah, good or which bad. Which was good or bad, which is why she never brought friends over and... And met them at the mall. And met them at the mall. Well, and just a couple of minutes ago, we talked about and, the chair ejecting him if he, if the house didn't like him, but the house supposedly already knows him. Right. So why bring that up? Hmm. Begs the question. And even if the house did like... I mean... With the way the house shuffles around, I'm sure over many visits, things would have been different. Right. And so audience, listen to this, okay? When you find something suspicious or this is any aspect of life, let's say for me, I do safety inspections, right? Usually they're really quick 
15, 20 minutes done. Mm-hmm. But if you find one thing wrong, you start looking at other things. Mm-hmm. And you find and lots you start, of things wrong. And you find lots of things wrong. And next thing you know, you have like six pages of write-ups. This is what's happening here. Right, right, right. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yes. you for the analogy. That is perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is what's happening here. And you've got three people who do nothing but safety inspections, compliance audits, and litigation analysis. Yes, there you go. So, sorry. <laughs> Just Bye, excuse, excuse us through this. The next chapter will be better. Promise. Yes. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right. So why is there a tree in the fireplace? Diana says, good question. We don't really know. Maybe you have other questions I can answer. It was an awkward invitation, but I still worry that he might faint. Chris goes, a few. Once again, Chris fixed his dark eyes on mine. He wasn't a witch, but it had been very difficult to lie to him for all of these years. You say Claremont's a vampire, but you're not. What are you, Diana? I've known for some time that you aren't like other people. Diana says, I didn't know what to say. How do you explain to someone you've loved that you failed to mention a defining characteristic of yourself? You yeah, ignored the it. defining characteristic of yourself for most of your life, so it's easy. Thank you. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm your best friend because he said so, right? Yes. That makes it needed to. or i was until claremont came along surely you trust me enough to come out to me okay Okay, that is a really normal reaction yeah (laughs) but that's also a really pissy thing to say yes but But i mean and i'm not talking about marriage but like think of your early relationships when you go to girl power and you're all hanging around with all your girlfriends and then you get that first boyfriend you're like oh he's more important than we are right yeah so you ditch your girls for for the boy but then the dynamics here are just kind of weird because it's like yeah when it's straight girl straight boy it, it gets real weird real quick and he needs to really be mindful of his boundaries with some of those and not to mention that they're in their 30s <laughs> yeah 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 Come i mean on, if, it was, if it was her gay bff mm-hmm. it might be a little bit easier to accept but he's not yeah okay no matter what it is it won't change anything between us beyond chris's shoulder a green smudge trailed off towards the blasted tree the green smudge became an indistinct form of bridget bishop within her embroidered bodice and full skirts and here's bridget be canny daughter the wind blows from the north a sign of a battle to come so maybe that's what all those weather vanes were doing Mm -hmm. Who will stand with you and who will stand against you? And Diana thinks to herself, I had plenty of enemies. I couldn't afford to lose a single friend. And then Chris is like, "Eh, maybe you don't trust me enough. Chris said softly when I didn't immediately respond. Then she goes, I'm a witch. There it is. I'm a witch. My words were barely audible. And then Chris waited. He said, okay. And? And then Diana's like, and what? That's it? That's what you've been afraid to tell me? And then she says, I'm not talking neo-pagan, Chris, though I am a pagan, of course. I'm talking an abracadabra, spellcasting, potion-making witch. In this case, Chris's love of primetime TV might actually prove useful. And then Chris goes, do you have a wand? No, but I do have a fire drake. That's kind of a dragon. And then Chris grinned. Cool. He's like, cool, cool. I'm going to call I had this conversation. <laughs> I had this conversation when my best friend came out and told me he was finally told me he was gay. Like, except for the fire drake. <laughs> <laughs> except for the fire drake part, I've had this conversation. It's like, yeah, cool, cool. So are we going out tonight or not? 
Yeah. What What are we doing now? Very cool. Is that why you stayed out of New Haven? Were you taking it to Dragon Obedience class or something? And then Dinah's like, Matthew and I had to get out of town quickly. That's all. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. No big deal, right? We're so cool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then here it is. Where were you? In 1590. Okay, stop everything. <laughs> I can, I just became incredulous. I could not. I mean, I know plenty of readers would be like, oh, yeah, of course he's okay with that. 1590? And then I, I would have been like, stop the bus. Time walking or time travel? What are you talking about? 15, is that a place? A bar? A pub? You know? <laughs> a <pub>. <laughs> <laughs> what a cool bar name, though, right? 1590. <laughs> uh, did you get any research done? Chris looked thoughtful. I suppose that would cause all kinds of citation problems. What would you put in your footnotes? Personal conversation with William Shakespeare? He laughed. I never met Shakespeare. Matthew's friends didn't approve of him. I paused. I did meet the Queen, though. And Chris is like, even better. You know, and here's the part where I imagine him like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm going to call the insane assignment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sure, even better. Equally impossible to footnote, however. And then Diana says, you're supposed to be shocked. This was not all that I expected. Don't you want proof? And then he says, I haven't been shocked by anything since the MacArthur Foundation called me. If that can happen, anything is possible. Chris shook his head. Vampires and witches. Wow. And then Diana offers up, hey, there's demons too, but their eyes don't glow and they're not evil. No more than any other species. And Chris is like, other species? Hmm. Are there werewolves? And then (laughs) the fucking werewolves. Everybody's got to bring up the damn werewolves. (laughs) So from the other room, we hear Matthew. Absolutely not. (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) That was shouted in the distance. And then Diana's like, touchy subject. Mm. I gave Chris a tentative smile. So you're really fine with all this? And then Chris is like, why wouldn't I be? The government spends millions searching for aliens in outer space. And it turns out you're all right here. Think of all the grant money this could free up. And at this time, I still think he's placating her like, yeah. Well, and the fact that he was calling creatures aliens was kind of was a little bit off-putting, too, because it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's not the same thing. We're still talking about earthbound creatures, but okay. Chris was always looking for a way to diminish the importance of the physics department. I mean, you can't now that you know about time travel. Seriously. Yeah. Calm down. (laughs) Yeah, he forgot about that part of it. You can't tell anybody, I said hastily. Not many humans know about us, and we need to keep it that way. And Chris said we're bound to find out eventually. Besides, most people would be thrilled. And then Diana, like, brings it home. You think the dean of Yale College will be thrilled to know that they've tenured a witch? And then she raised her eyebrows. My students' parents would be happy to discover that their beloved children are learning about the scientific revolution from a witch? And then Chris is like, well, okay, maybe not the dean. (laughs) (laughs) And then Chris is like, Matthew isn't going to bite me to keep me quiet, right? Okay, whatever. Uh, Diana's like, no. Fernando inserted his foot between the keeping room doors and nudged them open. And then he says, I'll be happy to bite you instead, but only if you ask very nicely. Fernando! (laughs) (laughs) Fernando put the tray on the table. Sarah thought you might like coffee or something stronger. Call me if you need anything else. No need to shout. He gave Chris the kind of dazzling smile he bestowed on the coven's female membership at the Lugnasa potluck. 
saddling the wrong horse, Fernando, I warned as he departed. And then Chris is like, he's a vampire too? Yep, he's Matthew's brother-in-law. I held up the whiskey bottle and the coffee pot. Coffee? Whiskey? And Chris is like, yeah, both. Okay. (laughs) Reaching for a mug. He looked at me in alarm. You haven't kept this witch business from your aunt, have you? And Diana's like, God, you stupid boy. (laughs) Stupid boy. Sarah's a witch, too. So was Em. And then I poured a healthy slug of whiskey in his mug and topped it off with a bit of coffee. This is the third or fourth pot of the day, so it's mostly decaf. Otherwise, we have to scrape Sarah off of the ceiling. And then Chris is like, so coffee makes her fly? Chris took a sip, considered the moment, and added more whiskey. Wow. (laughs) In a manner of speaking... I said, uncapping the water and taking a swibs. The babies fluttered and I gave my abdomen a gentle pat. I can't believe you're pregnant. For the first time, Chris sounded amazed. And then Diana says, you just learned that I spent most of the last year in the 16th century. I have a pet dragon. And then you're surrounded by demons, vampires and witches. But it's my pregnancy you find implausible. And then Chris says, trust me, honey, in his best Alabama drawl, it's way more implausible. And that is the end of chapter 12. Any thoughts, feelings that we didn't already spew out, guys? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely the quarantine uh, projecting onto me. But if I found out that my BFF could time travel, I'd be like, where are we going? (laughs) Yeah, let's go somewhere. Oh, yeah, exactly. Somewhere somewhere without the plague, please. Keenan on the time travel aspect of it all. Yeah. I don't, if I found out that my BFF was pregnant, it would be not implausible, but like, holy crap. I, I mean, just in general, I can't believe you're pregnant um, is yeah. a, a familiar reaction. But I don't know why it's implausible as far as Matthew and Diana, because he doesn't know Jack about the, the creature world. Right. And he doesn't well, know yeah, anything about the genealogy like, yet. He doesn't yeah. know anything about how that works. But it's it's just the fact that. I find it so implausible that my female friend's pregnant. You take away all the creature stuff and everything else. And it, it, again, it's kind of like, well, that's kind of obnoxious. You're a girl, but you're not the kind of girl who'd get pregnant or be maternal. I do confess that I used to think Chris and her had flings. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's still kind of like the, he's very possessive in a, in a way that's inappropriate. Right. Because if we go back, oh God, I forgot what chapter that was. 28, maybe. Oh, I mean, just the chapters in the beginning when she just talked about his sex as release. It's like, he would have been handy. Yeah. And that's what she's, you know, it's like, we just use each other for release and that's it. And then she's describing what her and Matthew were doing was a whole different experience. So I thought Chris may be one of those victims there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the way he was acting was very possessive. It was kind of weird. But he kind of was that way in Discovery of Witches because he said, you know, if Matthew breaks your heart, I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. Why, though? I know. If, if I'm just saying that that's at least that's a constant thread that he was possessive even back then. Yeah. As a colleague <laughs> that I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. But and then it was also kind of brought up in the whole deal with the vampire and the particle accelerator or whatever his name was. I can't remember off Jeremy? the top of my head now. Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Jer- I was going to say Julian, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah, seems Jeremy. more like a Swiss vampire name than Jer- Jeremy. That's all. Yeah. That's true. Jeremy's a very American name. Yeah, it is. It is. Because, I mean, that all came up in that whole same context when she was going on about hit him and quit him. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, nothing wrong was a, with that. I just thought. No, Chris no. Was a, which, but, yeah. which is kind of why I lumped Chris into that. It's like, yeah, he's like a fun work colleague. Right. Friends with benefits, maybe. Yeah. You know, I, that's what I thought. So at the outset of this, I was thinking, were things more serious? This is first read. OK. But as yeah. I got through the book of life, I was like, wait a minute. Hang 
I mean, in the, in the, but in the whole thing of it is, is the more that we unravel this all, the messier yeah. that retcon gets. Yeah. I was really dreading this chapter just because of our reaction through this. And we did it, guys. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. All right. Let's go on to housekeeping, guys. <laughs> okay. Good. This episode's housekeeping is brought to us by Sandy Solis. Thank you, Sandy. Thank, Thank you, you, Sandy. Housekeeping. All right. Who wants to start? Okay. I'll start. Go ahead. I have an email from Journeyman Demon Zoe. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> she says, hello, Angela, Jean, and Val. I hope you're well and enjoyed your break. And we're back to chapter discussions. It's been a while, but I'm sure I speak for all discussers when I say it's been worth the wait. We had season two to distract us after all. So what can I say about chapter 12 of the Book of Life? Chris is the focus of this chapter, I guess. So sorry, Val. He has to be discussed. <laughs> okay, Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found it strange, the difference of the in-passing mention of him in A Discovery of Witches to this view of him here. And this time was no different. Diana describes him here as her best friend, but in parentheses, other than the bet, she never once thinks about or mentions Chris the whole of her time with Matthew. Then suddenly he appears so concerned about her that he turns up at the Bishop House like some kind of crazy, jealous, possessive stalker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, See, Zoe. not just me. Where <laughs> no, are these letters amen. he sent? Amen. <laughs> okay, where are these letters he sent? They'd have been at the house when they arrived back, surely. Unless the house hid them, of course. Miss Hutchinson at the post office may have held on to him, too. Yeah, uh -huh. that's true. No, it's all a bit weird, and I can't get past it. Is he a plot device? Was some yes. stuff edited out? Yes. Oh, and I'm surprised he's so nonchalant about the existence of creatures. His appearance is just as unexpected. Well, I'll leave it there for now. Take care, ladies, and welcome back. Your journeyman demon, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. <laughs> he's the fucking mole we were all worried about after the blurb for this book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, Zoe, I do have to differ with you in one point. In Shadow of Night, when they were sitting by the fireplace discussing their whole marriage and everything like that, and what would their wedding be like had they had it in Madison and Emily and Sarah could be there. And uh, Diana just bring up the point that, you know, maybe I'd invite Chris. I don't know. This ought to be my BFF Chris will stand up for me is what, the, what that right. response should have been. Mm -hmm. And that's throw out line was very forgettable so you're forgiven for forgetting that yes. but yes that that was one thing in there okay <laughs> next I, i've got patricia from Hi, new york patricia. city hey patricia yay. yay my favorite delicious demon dames have returned i miss your fun chats and lovely voices Anywho, Chapter 12, The Book of Life. This has always been one of my favorite chapters because I really love Chris. His comic remark on even Buffy never got knocked up, I find hysterical. And all of his references to pop culture and with it a social commentary, his ease about finding out about creatures doesn't seem surprising. He likes mystery and solving things, scientists first. Totally different attitude and matter of solving problems than Matthew, which marks for excellent dichotomy. Compare and contrast. There are many ways to get to the same result. Creativity is all. Finally, his comment about all the dollars the government is spending looking for aliens in outer space and they're right here is priceless. It will free up more grant money. He is infinitely practical too. That's my two cents. Here's hoping all of you in the demon universe are all well. Patricia. Thank you, Thank Patricia. You. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with his practicality. Yeah, I see all these points. I see my bias and I see what happened with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I see how people coming to it fresh may not over mm -hmm. may not see it the way we do. So thank you. 
here I have a couple. This is from Chloe. She says, hi, Demon Divas. So good to be a discusser once again. Life down under in the time of the plague is essentially back to normal. I have not had my vaccine yet because it's done by age and young people are bottom of the list. I await my Pfizer jab. Yay. On to this chapter. A hymn to the presence. Am I the only one that thought it was hilariously cute that Matthew went out and brought a paper so Diana can unwrap her present as slowly as she wanted? What a considerate husband he is. Yeah. <laughs> Val, we have to agree to disagree. Agreed. Okay. On the matter of Chris Roberts, I actually love him and love that sense of humor. I think it's funny that someone has the guts to sass Matthew. Yeah, that's some guts. All right. Watching Diana tell her human friend about the world of creatures made me laugh so much. I'm very curious what Matthew's reputation is at All Souls, given how everyone seems to react when they find out Diana marries him. Hmm. I thought the chapter was very cute and very funny, and I loved every interaction between Chris and Matthew. I can't wait to get through my favorite book of the trilogy. Your vampire down under, Chloe. Okay. And here is one from Barbara. Thank you, Chloe, by the way. Barbara, hello, lady. You know, Barbara has written and told us that she's holding off on our season two coverage. So she went that whole half a year almost without us. Wow. I'm so sorry, Barbara. Yeah, she's waiting for the AMC release. So Barbara, hang in there. Hang in there. I'm I'm glad we're back for you. Happy Cinco de Mayo, divas. Okay, so she's time stamped us for us. That's good. Yes. Today is a perfect day to relax after a hard, stressful day and have a Corona. No, no, no. Good Lord. Not that kind. The good kind. With love. Modelo. Yes. Modelo. Go for Modelo or Dos Equis. Moving on. The chapter begins with a birthday greeting. Cue the cheesy 70 porno music here <laughs> as Matthew and Diana discuss the local newspapers. And yeah. she's got a winky emoji. Next up, we meet Chris. Why does he seem like an interloper to me? Because he is. <laughs> that was my that was my comment. <laughs> that was our comments. That was not Barbara. Okay. He has this attitude that he and Diana are more than just friends or used to be. Agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. Strong agree. Strong agree. His re- <laughs> Reminds me of our personality test. <laughs> Strong agree. His remarks to Matthew are really rude. Who elected him chief protector? That's right, Barbara. Okay. <laughs> However, he does redeem himself by being so accepting of the fact that there are vampires, witches, and demons sharing this earth with mere mortals. If I could ask Deb Harkness one question, it would be, why are werewolves a touchy subject? Is it because of how Peter, Stoop's son, uh, chapter 17, and Benjamin are described? Just curious. I think um, so. She also reiterated the fact that she couldn't figure out a way to get the science to work. Oh, for werewolves. For the transmogrification yeah. portion of right. it. Right. Although that's one of Diana's powers, which is... Yeah, wouldn't they be have, have to be part witch to do that too? You would think. Vampires. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, maybe werewolves. this is a hybrid we haven't seen yet. Ah. <laughs> and that's going to really make Matthew crazy if one of the brightborn hybrids at some point in time ends up being a werewolf. <laughs> Why is this baby turning into a wolf what's going on let's let's add some shifters into the mix yes (laughs) you know every major one seems to do it like true blood yeah you know twilight all of them it doesn't even have to be a wolf i mean you can have all kinds of shifters yeah barbara goes on sorry this is so long but you ladies have been missed i sincerely hope you and your families are spectacular
Miller, healthy and happy. Looking forward to hearing your opinions. Well, Barbara, I hope you liked our opinions. So. Yeah, thank you for yours and thank you for all the well wishes. Ah, so that's it for housekeeping. That brings us to Save It for the Show. Let's see if we remember how to do it. This episode's Save It for the Show is brought to us by Patricia Smith. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. And our subject is Retroactive Continuity. The Demons versus Christopher Roberts. Save It for the Show. Save It for the Show. Guys, Save It for the Show. I feel like I'm going to have to be the judge in defense to your prosecutor. I feel <laughs> like, yes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Not that I don't agree with you. I'm just less visceral reaction to it. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to start off and then we can go on. I'm going to start off with a definition of retroactive continuity, which we'll refer to as the acronym RETCON from here on out. Okay. So the first definition as a noun in a film, television series, or fictional work, a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events typically used to facilitate a dramatic plot shift or account for an inconsistency and as a verb, a revision or to revise an aspect of a fictional work retrospectively, typically by introducing a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation than see above, right? All of that. Yeah. So now we know what retcon is. Let's go. I'm taking my gloves off, y'all. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. You're preaching to the choir here. I mean, I know, but I'll be more visceral later on down the line in the lab. But yeah, right. This is uh, Angela's going to tamp us down where we need to be tamped down. Mm -hmm. Well, Jean's right. I don't think I have much to tamp down here. I think we're on the same page as far as retcon. It is probably later down the line to the visceral visceral reactions. Okay. But okay, let me start here. In A Discovery of Witches, Diana Mm -hmm. calls up Chris Roberts and says, Chris Roberts, Diana Bishop. If I called up Valerie Jean, I wouldn't say, Jean Siska, Angela Hutter. I'm going to do it from now on, though. (laughs) I know. Pick up the phone I I mean, I might say it like goofing around, like, Jean Siska, I love you, or something like that, but not like calling up to ask you about your professional Uh, opinion. uh, Right. I mean, my God, I pick up the phone when my expert calls and I'm friendlier than that. Because uh, uh-huh. I've known him for a while. It's like, Jason, you know how it's called? Recognize the phone number half the time. It's like, oh, right. right. It was weird. That's calling up opposing counsel asking for an extension. It's like, that's not a friend. Did she introduce herself as Diana Bishop in Discovery Witches? Like, yeah. Chris. She used her full name. This is Diana Bishop. Yes. Or, you know, maybe she was on speakerphone and she's trying to be professional. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to give her an out. I don't know. I don't know who was listening in on that phone call, but typically that's not that was what later would happen. Night. I don't think she was worried about it because she was snooping on, on the internet. Yeah. 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 She okay. was doing the Google. She was the Googler. Right. right. Okay. So, not saying this is absolutely positively retcon, but we suspect it for these reasons. I go on. All right. So another thing here in Shadow of Night, like I said to Zoe, it was mentioned that Sarah and Em will be there. Maybe Chris. If he's your best friend, he's going to be there. He's going to be standing up for you. Yeah. He's going to be the best man or, you know. The man of honor. Man man of of honor. honor. He's going to, if he's your best friend, he's going to be standing by your side if you're going to have a traditional wedding. And that was kind of the gist of where Matthew was going with that. Mm -hmm. So like Matthew would have like hundreds of people on his side of the aisle and 
Diana would have three. So. <laughs> <laughs> Though he probably and, wouldn't have Baldwin standing up for him. Right. I mean, Diana would have three and maybe even two because she wasn't even sure if she'd invite Chris. She's like, yeah, yeah, maybe Chris, I'll have him there. So that's clue two, right? The shock of him coming over like he owned the place or... And put his very, hands all over her, too. It's like... Very yeah. familiar with the place. Showing up, saying, hey, Sarah. And then Sarah's like, hey, you going to stay the weekend? Like he's done before, I'm assuming, because that's to make you feel like that's a common occurrence where she's comfortable enough assuming that he's going to stay the weekend. He's done it before, supposedly. Well, mm-hmm. and, and the fact that he's assuaging her grief more than her own niece can. It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, Chris is here. I cannot be depressed. Right. Give me a hug. What? Where did that even come from? I didn't even <laughs> God, is she, is she drunk? already i know <laughs> hitting the sauce i mean fernando hadn't had time to work his magic on her yet so maybe she she had been although did he plan a little health program for her <laughs> maybe she yeah, was, was sneaking in some whiskey magic, yeah. his magic on her when he since he's been at a uh, set tours because he right. showed up right after M died. Right. Mm. I mean, I would argue that even though she may have known, you know, technically or ostensibly known Chris longer, I, she certainly had a more intimate friendship with Fernando. Yes. The fact that you brought up, Gene, that, okay, so Chris had stayed at the house and they weren't supposed to bring up the family secret, but as the fact that the house would give them away. And that was why she used to meet her friends at the mall. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Chris may not be a vampire, but he's very observant. Yes. So how could he have not seen what was going on with the house? Because, I mean, Matthew showed up at the house right two seconds and he's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that's just because he has heightened senses. Right. Vampires just have heightened senses. But even though Chris isn't a vampire, he would have been attentive enough to be going, what the fuck is going on here? And maybe not put his finger on it. Even taking at face value, and I'm okay with all this, right? Still, things would seem screwy to me. It it just, there was not enough buildup. There was not enough hints. It felt very retcon. It was classic retcon, and I don't have a problem with retcon when it is done properly, right? Well, how do you feel about this? So the Book of Life was published, and then the World of All Souls was published after the Book of Life. In the World of All Souls, Chris Roberts is mentioned four times. He doesn't have his own character section like Gallo Glass or Jack Blackfriars or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of lumped in there and mentioned. And each time it says her friend Chris Roberts, her good friend Chris Roberts, and the Yale professor, Chris Roberts. So even that is not BFF level. No. Mm-mm. Other than that, Diana has a really weird sense of what a BFF is. Yeah. Is she that arrested in her development where she doesn't actually know what a BFF is? It's yeah, like, I mean, oh, I'm friends with him and he's probably the best one I have. So, yeah. okay, yeah. you're my BFF. Well, and, mm. and as a corollary on this whole retcon conversation i don't think he's the only one in this series that has been retconned to some effect some extent i mean we've got domenico as well because when he he swaggers in in a discovery of witches he's like his own man he's he's scary and bad to the bone and the dark angel and this and that and then when we cycle back to book of life he's a lap dog yeah that's true he is a lap dog yeah it was kind of like oh we don't don't have enough words left we'll just like mention him here and not give him anything to do huh it's just kind of strange as well. So Chris is indefinitely in season three of a, of a Discovery of Witches, so it's going to be interesting on in how they introduce him. Yes. Yeah. Very. Yeah. 
And I did spend a good portion of 2014 mad at Christopher Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over that now (laughs) because he was just too much. He was too much for me. I'm still mad at him, but But that's for a reason down the road. It's he's yeah yeah he's a lot he is a lot to take he's a lot and he's unbalanced yeah he has the scientist aspect and the athlete aspect and the two feed each other in bad ways yes that's why i can't warm up to the character i'm totally curious to see how i'm going to feel because i feel like you guys did have the visceral reaction like you do with gallo glass and i just don't have that same level but i haven't read the book of life for what eight years Mm -hmm. So now I'm wondering how I'm going to react to him on this round. And it could be visceral. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Gallo Glass was different because, I mean, I really like Gallo Glass and then he did something really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, no, no. <laughs> Remember that late night message, Gene? When I Oh, God. <laughs> you read it before I did, right? And then and I when was I just got like, to oh, it. Some, get there, get there, get there. I can't do this myself. I feel like it was one in the morning when I was like, no. <laughs> oh my god it was, yeah, that- it was like you were on nights and it was just like <laughs> what the hell but i feel I like you guys would purposely reread that chapter again where i was just i would just skip it all together <laughs> you know doesn't yeah. Exist. <laughs> exactly that is my that is how like, i operate I find something I, I, it's like for me it's like am i gonna find something in this chapter that'll make it less bad please like yeah. like it's gonna rewrite yeah. it's gonna rewrite like the book of life. Right. <laughs> change, change and make it better. Be magic. And you know, as always, I'm solution oriented. I never mm-hmm. like to complain without having a solution in place, right? So what would have solved it for me? I for think... Chris? For Chris. I think less of the in your face, I'm a black guy, deal with it. More mention of him in Shadow of Night because they did take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple mentions like, I wonder what my family's doing. I wonder what my friends think. Yeah, because- but I don't think I don't think it occurred to anybody until they started writing the Book of Life and realized like, Jesus, Diana's a loser. She's got no friends. <laughs> We're introducing her into society. She's got to have some tethers to it. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's this dude back here. Let's just forward, which right. is problematic. Why did he have to be the best friend? Why couldn't he have been the good colleague that they could rely on? Hey, who do we yeah. need a science guy? Why couldn't he be the reliable science guy that they call up at Yale instead of uh, plus yeah. the BFF? And the and the friendship could have built from there. Yes. You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He didn't have to be yeah, a BFF I mean, and, from the outset. And that would have been easy, too. It's like, hey, Chris, remember those alchemical experiments we worked on before? Well, there's well, something to that. Yeah. Yeah. There's something something more to that I need to tell, talk to you about. And I think you really might want to get involved with this. <laughs> or just that. I, I like that approach. And even just, hey, remember that bet we had about Matthew Claremont? <laughs> you know, guess what? <laughs> you, you totally wanted that. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Wait, I, in fact, I should pay you double. <laughs> All right. Was that 20 bucks now? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that would have fixed it for me. It just felt like, bam, in Forced. your face, we're, we're doing this. I don't yeah. care. And it's we're, like, uh, a, a2, Sarah? <laughs> I mean, this is the way it's going to be. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, it felt almost a betrayal of trust for the reader's intelligence. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and all the other characters 
a lot had, there's been so much thought and introspection in, in the way other characters were constructed. And then he, he's just kind of like, bah! oops, yeah. <laughs> he's like an oops. He's an yeah, oops he's baby. Like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. like Kool-Aid man. It's like, Ta-da! oh, you sure are. Right. And I do like that approach. I do like that approach where they could say, hey, you need a lab. We need to work this out. And instead of Chris playing the we need to do this. Diana could have came in in that role and said, we need to do this. And you're going to trust my friend, Chris. Yes. And yeah, do that. And, and from and, there, they can build the friendship. And maybe even have Matthew come in instead of them being at loggerheads, have them come in from sci- the scientist to scientist perspective. Right. Which I mean, which probably I would have been better off with Matthew playing to Chris's science ego a little bit. Then. Yeah. Oh, and here's the other thing that one thing we didn't touch on was ugh, just the whole thing, the whole way of making everything about him. And I would have no problem with that had they introduced it in this book right here, where yeah. Matthew shows up at his lab, very Lord of the Manor, and then Chris can come after him. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm yeah, saying? Chris can come after him on his own turf. I mean, that's on his own understandable. Turf. Right? It's almost been a, a continuity like conversation. Like, do you remember yeah. what I warned you about Matthew Claremont? How ironic that you ended up marrying him or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And then and then he still could have said to Matthew, you know what? You break your, her heart, I'll kick your ass. Like, <laughs> you know, all the same questions would have came up with me, but it would have made more sense. I'd be less suspicious about the whole thing. And I wouldn't feel like someone was trying to put a hood over my head and gaslighting me. And that's yeah. what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. One big gaslight. The and gaslight they could have done readers. the whole creature reveal in New Haven because Chris's uh, lab is full of creatures. Yeah. And show his shock right there. He, he, he would have been like, oh, shit, she's a demon. That guy's a vampire okay well and the fact that you've been dealing with these people all along you would tend to accept it better and mm-hmm. it would be less mm-hmm. of a shock i feel <sighs> alas that did not happen <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh god like i said i don't mind recons when they're done well and i feel like that would be my fix to make it done well i felt like it was very like I said, gaslighty to me. Yeah. Well, and I just had a real problem with the whole when Miriam calls. Oh, in the next chapter. Yeah. When Benjamin's like uh, putting his feet over and he's pretty much raping a girl and Chris is yeah. all concerned about Miriam hurting his professional Fee- feelings. It's like, his are fee-fees. you kidding me? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. About the conclusions. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you oh, you want to argue mean? about that now? Really? <laughs> I don't know. What a jackass. Uh, I mean, he's in there talking about Matthew Claremont behaving the way he is in a conference. And then it's like, dude, you can't read the room any better. I think ego, though, gets in the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I think we've beaten this to death. I think yeah. we're we save some <laughs> for the next gentle. time. I thought it was going to be worse. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> with time, it tamped down the energy with this whole chapter. Yeah. But it, it's, so it's a good thing that this is our comeback chapter and we're just cranking the machine back up, too. That's right. <laughs> Next chapter will be better, guys. Next chapter, well, maybe uh, not. Better is a <laughs> relative term, I think. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. So those Chris fans out there, go you. Oh, my yes. God. How I envy you. His, his acceptance of thing is something we can all aspire to. Yes, this is true. And we're, we're not looking to change people's minds. No, we're not. Although maybe maybe that'll change in my coming chapters. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty. We can all have our, our own perspective. But we're just giving food for thought. Put it that way. Something to think about. And if we've ruined your experience, sorry. It's kind of like when they told me there was no Santa Claus. That sucked. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys, if you're still here, you're still willing to listen to us, stick with us. After this break, we'll do last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss- and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep it alive. Thoughts anywhere? I do, I do. I've, since Go I'm ahead. the first one who watched it all, um, Shadow and Bone. We've got oh. two Adal alum in there. Genesis, our Geraldine, and upcoming in season three, one of Ransom's daughters plays the Skiff Commander in episode one, and then we have our beloved Teamer, one of our demons on the congregation who unfortunately didn't get to say a hell of a whole lot. Yeah, is playing oh. Fedor. Nice. One Does of he say things in this one? Oh, lots of things. He's got a super cute character. Good. Julian Kostoff. Yes, Julian Kostoff. Everybody go check him out. He has a cute little BFF named Ivan and they're grumpy in sunshine. And it's nice to, it's always nice to see people graduate from Discovery, which is on to bigger and better things, which certainly happened in the case for Julian since now he's got lines. (laughs) And Baldwin. Hmm. And Baldwin. Well, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Quite a bit. Tristan Cravel. Yeah. For They're sure. really keeping the lid on who's playing what and everything else right now. Mm. Oh, you also imparted some news on to us as far as when AMC will be showing. Mm-hmm. June 27th, we're starting with a double feature with episode one and two. Sunday wow. night. Oh, there you go. I think it's too soon to really kind of say we have a surprise, but we have a surprise. So <laughs> You just said it. We're working on a surprise. Maybe a we're couple. We're working on a surprise, parenthesis, S, parenthesis. Yes, yes. Yes. And if you know anything about our surprises, well, you know. They're surprising surprises. <laughs> surprisey surprises. Goes along with the cursy words and surprisey surprises. Yes. <laughs> Angela, Noble what do you tea. got? Novelty. That's right. TM. <laughs> Angela, what do you got for us? That was kind of my last thought. The AMC thing. I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I truly feel like Sleeping Beauty. I'm just waking up back up to this whole fandom oh. thing again. I, I even had hiatus on social media. So I'm going to be getting back into that and hopefully have a nice run up to the AMC. And Gene and I will get back to our maybe live tweeting again in June, late June. Yeah. July. Wow. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a summer thing. Get your Twitter accounts fired up, people, because Angela and I will be back. Oh God, 
<laughs> you guys are so good at that. I still can't be trusted on Twitter. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do I got? What do I got? Just that we are slowly winding the engines back up. We are working on the little after parties for all of the episodes that are going to be coming out on AMC. We're working on some other stuff as well. Patrons, again, I thank you for your patience. I'm slowly getting the last of our archived after shows out there. We have one more that's left in archive, but the good news is that was recorded actually in 2021. So, you know, you're done it's listening not... to the 2020 versions of us. Yes. <laughs> you're getting something closer to the present. So after this, I think, what are we doing? We're going to do an after party after this. And then our next episode, when we do chapter 13, take 82, we will actually do, I think, a nice after show that's current time where you'd be like, oh, this is 2021, Angela, uh-huh. Jean and Valerie. So this is good. This is good because, okay, listen, the last episode, the one I'm editing right now that's supposed to go out like tomorrow is uh, we were just past the insurrection. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. We had Uh, things to say. We had things to say, all kinds of stuff. And we kept saying, audience, don't tell us if our country's still intact. Obviously, we're still here. I mean, not out of the woods yet, but. We're still fighting. What else is going on here? Um, I did put a new pretty link to our discusser email. If you want to sign up to be a discusser, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant discusser. And that'll just take you to the forum. You won't have to wade through anything else and just fill it out, send it in, and I'll put you on our discusser list. So there's that. I apologize for Facebook. I know I got an angry email saying, I applied last year and I wasn't let in. And I'm like, oh, my God, I know this is me. I suck. I know Gene went in and added a few people. But uh, if you're on the queue... The next time I sit down with Facebook, I have not been with Facebook. The past year, I have been ignoring Facebook. Facebook has pissed me off more ways than one. I don't know what's going on. And part of my explanation, too, is the folks I try to add were folks I was able to message and add. And and since we don't have DD Demons, I did what I could. (laughs) Let's put it that way. As far as who I we go. We're not going to have the pre-recorded blurb that due to COVID, things are taking longer than normal. Yeah. We should, though. That's <laughs> true. We should, though. I mean, uh, we have stuff to deal with in our own lives, so we Zuckerberg haven't been taking... Zuckerberg makes everything harder as well. That's yeah. right. So. Yeah. And they keep changing the platforms. Anytime mm-hmm. I announce something on our Demons Discuss Facebook page, maybe 9% of you see it. Yep. That's, that's just the facts, Jack. So... Mm. Yeah, I haven't been, not been a fan of Facebook for the past two years anyway. And I was this close to deleting it like three times last year, but didn't because, you know, we have shit to do on Facebook, True. unfortunately. Thanks for all the reviews we've been getting. Yes. We will start reading them again. We just had a lot of discusser emails and I wanted to make sure everybody's voice got heard. So thanks for that. Keep them coming. Thanks, patrons, for keeping us going. Thank you for being patrons. Thanks for your patience again. And thank Thank you you for all your feedback and contributions. That's right. And thank you to all of our listeners, every one of you who decided to push play on our little podunk podcast and made it what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. That's all I got. Anything else, guys? No. No. All right. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Mm